Hello, and welcome to Filled with His Love. We've talked before in this podcast about the epidemic of anxiety in the Western culture. It's real. One survey I saw recently shows that 44% of college students struggle with anxiety disorder. I didn't say they periodically have some anxiety. I said anxiety disorder. There's a difference. Everyone experiences anxiety from time to time. We worry about money. We worry about our weight. We worry about each other. That's normal. But nearly half of all college students have much more than that. They have anxiety disorder, which means they spend a significant time each day filled with fear. And that fear can be debilitating. In addition, so nearly a third of our youth, ages 13 to 18, have the same disorder, and about the same percentage of adults suffer similarly. That's a large portion of the total population. That means if you approach three people, on an average, one of them could have anxiety disorder. So I've been asking myself, what leads up to anxiety? What's the precursor? If we could identify the cause of anxiety, we could likely help more people overcome the disorder. Well, I'm not the first to ask these questions. Psychologists have been trying to figure these things out for a long time, and there are a number of theories and treatments. But here's one of the most interesting insights that I think can be helpful to all of us, whether or not we have a severe problem with anxiety. Before I describe it, I want to share a bit of my own history. As I went through my work life, I noticed a personal quality that I liked to seek when I was hiring someone or asking someone to help me on a creative project. I didn't know what to call it at the time, but now I would call it tolerance of ambiguity. I actually enjoyed myself. I actually enjoyed dealing with ambiguity. You know, the more ill-defined the problem, the more fun it was to solve. And I liked it when I could see this in others because some people definitely did not possess it. They wanted things to be cut and dried, straightforward, totally logical, easy to find the answer to. But that's not how most problems are in life. So when I was engaging in creative work, I wanted to find others who actually enjoyed dealing with messy, complicated issues. Now, fast forward to my reading of an article recently on intolerance of uncertainty. This concept or theory has been around since the 90s, but it's been receiving more attention recently as anxiety disorder continues to surge because of the surge in our culture. I don't want to get too technical, so I will quote only briefly from the article. Quote, intolerance of uncertainty represents at its core fear of the unknown, a long-recognized, deep-seated fear identified in normative and pathological samples. So that's a mouthful. But what they're saying is that intolerance of uncertainty is not a momentary fear. It's deep-seated, and it does not occur in people without anxiety disorder, but does occur in people with the disorder. So here's another quote. Quote, Originally thought to be specific to generalized anxiety disorder, Recent research has clearly demonstrated that IU is a broad, transdiagnostic, dispositional risk factor for the development and maintenance of clinically significant anxiety. Unquote. That's another mouthful. 
But it's important. It means that research has shown that IU, or intolerance of uncertainty, applies to many types of anxiety disorders. So if we want to understand how to deal with these disorders, we better consider IU, or intolerance of uncertainty, as a contributing factor. Here's where this all becomes interesting to me, and important for all of us, I believe. We all deal with uncertainty every day. We're not sure how our boss might respond to our proposal, how we will perform on the test, whether a friend will accept our invitation, and it goes on and on. We're literally surrounded with uncertainty and ambiguity. They are central features of mortality. The question is, how much of a threat do we perceive a future event to be? I like this word threat because we could also view an uncertainty as a puzzle to solve or a hurdle to jump over, a challenge. But threat? That's where it becomes dicey. The minute we see the upcoming test in the same way as a hiker sees a cougar running down the trail toward him, fear, real fear, kicks in and can paralyze us. And when we become paralyzed, even for the short term, we lose our ability to deal with life and anxiety takes control. So when intolerance of uncertainty strikes, how can we deal with it effectively? And if, if you never have experienced intolerance of uncertainty, which I think is unlikely, you very likely know someone who does experience it and maybe someone who experiences it a lot. So how can we help them? Research shows that we can help ourselves and help someone else in the same way by talking our way out of anxious feelings. It's interesting how thoughts and talk, self-talk or cross-talk can help us in all kinds of ways, but it can help us with anxiety. In previous episodes, I've described how negative internal chatter can hurt us in all kinds of ways, and anxiety is definitely one of those ways. Someone might say to herself, I just know I'm going to do bad on my class presentation, or talk in church, or my Relief Society lesson. As soon as that kind of negative internal chatter starts, you consciously put a stop to it. You can consciously put a stop to it if you decide to. You could say, hey, wait a minute, I'm prepared. I, I love the topic I'm going to teach about, or I'm going to talk about. I'm going to sit down right now and run through it another time. And then while running through it, you imagine how it will go in the real setting, this time in a positive, affirmative way. You've talked your way out of anxiety. It only makes sense that since we talk our way into feeling afraid of the future, we can talk our way out of it by re-envisioning it, by practice, and by affirmative, positive self-chatter. Now here's the prophetic counsel that can change everything. Counsel that can help lift us to a whole new place in our relationship to anxiety. President Nelson has promised us that we can expect miracles. That's a prophetic promise from God's living oracle. This is the most powerful way to overcome intolerance of uncertainty. Rather than expecting failure or disappointment, we can flip that around totally on its side and expect God's help and with His divine grace coming to our aid, we can expect 
a miracle. And these miracles don't have to be dramatic events. Oftentimes we think of miracles that way, but that's not, I don't believe, what President Nelson's talking about. He's simply saying when we recognize God's hand reaching down and helping us, that is miraculous, even in the smallest of ways. One final thought. One person I've known in my life who definitely did not suffer from intolerance of uncertainty was my mother-in-law, Lola Henson Sedgwick. As my neighbor once said, quote, that woman was a force of nature, end quote. And she was. She, as she approached the end of her stay on earth, we used to visit her often. And nearly every time we stood by her bedside, she would look up at us, even in her weakness, and exclaim, I'm getting ready for my next great adventure. In other words, she saw death as an adventure. She did not try to convince us that she knew exactly what was going to happen or how it was going to feel to pass from this earth. She knew it was an uncertain thing. She had never experienced it before. But she wanted us to know that she was actively, consciously preparing for it. Not that she was eager to die, but that she was eager to face the unknown with faith. The first time I heard her say, I'm getting ready for my next great adventure, I did not know quite how, what to make of it. I had never heard anyone approach death in quite this way. But the more I've thought about it over the years, the more profound it has become for me personally. Her internal chatter, even about death, was positive and uplifting. It wasn't dark or fearsome. She was more than tolerant of the uncertainty that lay before her, she was ready to welcome it. So, we could all be a little bit more like my mother-in-law, Lola. So when we face uncertainty, I hope we can have that kind of rock-solid faith that she had. I hope we can change negative internal chatter into positive internal chatter. I hope we can expect a miracle. I hope we can look upon uncertainty not as a fearsome, terrible thing, but as something that the Lord has given us to work through and that He will help us in that whole process by the power of His grace. It's been great to be with you. We will see you next time. I will.